from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. Is it worth the episode? Is it worth the episode? Oh, walking through the door alone. Is it worth the episode? Friday, April 15th, 2016, Tax Day, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a free 30-day trial membership right now. Just go to audible.com slash relevant and download a title for free and just start listening. While you're there, check out their new audiobook, Henry James's The Turn of the Screw, which is narrated by Emma Thompson. A lonely country estate in England is home to two young children, their new governess, and an evil presence at work. Emma Thompson beautifully evokes the chilling mood of this classic supernatural thriller. Listen to Turn of the Screw for free when you start your free 30-day trial at audible.com slash relevant. I actually like that that wasn't even a read. That was just what you were thinking. I was just thinking about that. You're like, you know what I think about that book? <laughs> yeah. It is a uh, chilling me, whatever or something. And do you something. remember this chilling Turn part? Turn Up the Screw is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and Emma Thompson is reading it. So and that she, she it and she's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a nightmare after I listen to that. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like even if it's read in a sweet Mary Poppins voice, I'm still losing sleep. Yeah. That makes me want to hear it even more, though, to hear Emma Thompson read something terrifying. You know, that is actually probably a really good way. Like, if it's a really, really spooky book, or or the or the, the other way to have, like, Jeremy Irons read uh, Chronicles of Narnia or something. Either way. Jeremy Irons, who's he? <laughs> it was a deep cut. He was, like, one of the bad people yeah. on... <laughs> I just saw him in a movie, like, in uh, The so Lion King Okay, or something. so you're, yeah. say, you're saying have a bad guy do... Uh, but I feel like the Chronicles of Narnia is too dramatic. It, ha- it has to be like Jeremy Irons reading Shel Silverstein or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Well, like I said, I'm Cameron Strang. <laughs> Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Hello, Cameron and everyone. Over there on the ones and twos, our interim producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. That's my brother. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. All the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich Reed. Present. I threw the I threw the read on there. Yeah. Again, I forgot yeah. about it, and then mid-word, <laughs> I remembered it. I think that's the way to do it. Read is a PS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the way Matt would like it. And uh, all the way from the tundra of Chicago, Illinois, author and speaker, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. Oh, thank I missed you guys. This oh, is fun. I know. We missed you. Miss you. We got a full house today. Oh, I can't wow. remember the last time, other than the live, like when we were in the same room together, that we've had all five of us. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Calvin's here. He's hiding out somewhere, <laughs> getting a cup of coffee. Everybody's back. We uh, we actually have a great show in store for you guys today. <laughs> like you said, actually. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I got to tell you, I'm as shocked Not as you are. No, here. I say this with a smile because coming up later, Jesse talks to Andrew WK uh, about a new political movement he's starting, a, an alternative political party for the rest of us, called the Party Party. If you know Andrew WK, he's he's known for rocking hard and for partying and oh, having yeah. a good time. Totally. So uh, he joins us on the show today. 
Well, that's like, you know, it's election season. I'm a lot of people know me for my Charlie Rose style investigative journalism. <laughs> uh, so I had to get a candidate in here. I sent a lot of emails. Andrew, if you guys the only one who got back about this thing, but I'm stoked to have him. It is, it's serious. It's Barbara Walter style. We were both, uh, it, it, there was at one point we were both weeping. Um, mm. It's, it's a lot of power you're going to hear. So it's an audio thing, but they've still recorded it with a soft focus. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I was sitting at a mahogany table uh, wearing a suit with a, like a, a glass of half full of water and a black background uh, talking to him. It's, it's, it's stunning. You, you can hear the visual preparation I put into that. Jesse, did you party hard with him? Little little sneak peek. Can you give us a preview? I mean, that's uh, uh, it, it started with laughing, midway through was tears, and it ended with a big party. The typical like all good interviews. <laughs> like all good interviews. I do have a follow up candidate for you to interview. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna say positive or negative, but somehow when I was doing some research, I found a woman named Joy who's running for president, uh, and her website is Joy. Then the number four, <laughs> thepeoplesvoice.com. Look that up. Then interview her, please. Let me say this. I'm open to not only interviewing all the alternative party political candidates <laughs> like who have that. no shot and may legally not be allowed to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm up mm-hmm. for, for moderating a, a debate between them. Yeah, we have the Republican <laughs> debate, the, the Democratic <laughs> debate. We need to have the, the alternative yes. debate. Oh my we'll get this gosh. Joy person, Joy. We'll get uh, 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 Andrew WK. We'll get the rent is too darn high party guy with the white gloves. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you bring them all in and have have I will moderate a debate for the people. Yeah, we've already we've heard the insults being lobbed. I don't I'm sick of that vitriol. I want to bring in some positivity, <laughs> some people that are gonna mix it up a little. We do not know how the debate will end. It could end with everyone storming off. It could end with a big party. It, it, it could end you know with the fire marshal coming in. I don't know. That's the fun of this. This is in the gym. This just goes perfectly in the Jesse file, yeah. right? Where's Jesse? Why Why can't anybody get a hold of him? I'm actually going to look into this for a later yeah, date. We know. It's, it's a moderate, oh an alternative party political debate. Well, and as you know, normally we have two uh, guests on each show. And, th- and this week, though, we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Shauna's joining us. And yeah. so we thought, okay, there's going to be a lot more talking already right there. And, uh, and, and two, who do you pair with Andrew WK? Yeah. <laughs> Our normal second segment that we were working on, we're going we're gonna to move yeah. uh, to a future week. If you followed us on Twitter this week, you kind of know what that segment was going to be. We are working on a live caller interactive segment where uh, you guys ask questions and our resident emotional experts mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. solve them for you. And then we, we're calling it, now it's coming up in a couple weeks, not, not, not today, but we're going to call it Eddie and Joy Solve All Your Problems. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, we're going to do this. Like we're gonna really I don't know the questions. We're gonna change there's, lives. There's <laughs> but there's no joke. We haven't like answered we haven't seen anything, but I, I'm gonna really try to answer the question. Yeah, well the Not idea was edgy. to keep it spontaneous because you guys both have unique qualifications to solve people's problems. <laughs> well I don't know that. But well, yes, well, one, you, unique is a liberal one, term. Joy has worked for years in the in the relationship. Well, she's related to people who could solve problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I'm gonna works. call my dad after we like get my, the call. My doctor's in. son can just do like an operation or whatever. Well, to your point, Shauna, I should say most of the problems that people sent in had to do with physical issues that I was way <laughs> over my head in, in, in vetting. So I passed them all along. <laughs> yeah, all Can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. There's my some 
<laughs> weird WebMD stuff that uh, is coming down the pipe. We're gonna we're gonna direct people on how to do their own sutures. Yeah, I mean, Joy <laughs> self diagnoses everything, so she's just not gonna diagnose oh, our yeah. listeners. Yeah, so, which so. oil should they put on I, for what? Shauna, <laughs> I have been fielding the naturopathic cr- ridicule from them all by myself. Oh, you guys! I'm glad you're back. I thought about you this week. Uh, <laughs> he smelled a jo- weird smell when he walked yeah. by this open grate. And, well, uh, <laughs> right, Joy. <laughs> I, I did. I thought about you though because we planted an aloe plant and Ooh. i thought now that's not real medicine but we're buying into it right <laughs> like do you feel that aloe it comes it's from real nature it's real nature but people like say oh, you put it on burns or you yeah. like offer it up to the gods yeah. for like a quarterly <laughs> spring festival whatever uh, you those do. are sort of two different things <laughs> I, I would say i have put it on a burn yeah I'm, and it's been effective. Yeah. Can I just say this, though? I'm not even sure that the aloe I've used for sunburn is anything natural because in, like, the tub that I buy it in at the drugstore, it's indistinguishable from, like, L.A. Looks hair gel from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, like, it's bright green. green. It's, like, green. Yeah, there's no aloe there's involved in it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put on L.A. Looks. That'll, yeah. that'll solve yeah, it. I, I can't tell you with assurance that I didn't just rub L.A. Looks all over my sunburn. I, there's no way <laughs> yeah. to know now. I can tell you this. It only magnified things greatly. My my chiropractor, who, you know, Eddie, if you want to rip, rip apart chiropractors, um, he is, like, totally anti-neosporin. Like, he could talk for the whole time he's adjusting you about why neosporin so bad. And he says that it's, like, it just keeps your burn or your cut or whatever, like, so much longer than it would normally take to heal if you just let it be out in the open air. So I put lavender on any burn or cut and it legitimately works. I don't have a problem with the chiropractor. I have a problem with that kind of touch. I don't want to be like all massaged and pulled around and like hung upside down and I don't know, whatever. What they kind do. of chiropractor? What does do your you chiropractor do? What <laughs> <laughs> your chiro- Yeah, maybe you didn't go to an actual Sorry. chiropractor. You At went to his went son. To, like, a yeah. trapeze class <laughs> or something. Um, I had a burn incident last week and um, it was terrible. And I learned some important lessons. Um, Wait, a burn uh, like in the kitchen or burn because you were at the beach? No, no, or did someone, no, no. Did someone insult I, you like a sick burn? You burned. I had a... No, no, no. No, it was not a sick burn. Um, okay. I got jalapeno oil oh, in no. my eyes. Oh, no. That is in awful. My, in my eyes, in my nose, oh. and in my mouth. Inside Shana, my lips. That's can, I, can I ask a clarifying question, Shauna? Is this yeah, yeah. an essential oil? Yeah. Is no, the no, jalapeno no, no, oil no. an essential oil? Because that does not seem like one that would be recommended no. to just like have no. a little like... There were no uh, instructions know, for Shauna where the to, oil like, could ginger go. root or something. Yeah, I made a little roller ball with lavender and jalapeno and just put it in my eyeballs. That sounds yeah. delicious. Mm-hmm. Hey, Shauna, Shauna, that's a that's a deep cut uh, oil <laughs> joke. They don't know what roller balls yeah, are. Totally. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I can guess. That's side baseball. Um, so, uh, so I am in. I'm in very serious pain. This is a problem. I'm at home. It is a serious problem. So I try to yeah. wash my face several times. It's only getting no, worse. So no, it doesn't work. Not helping. No, it moves it around. No, spreads yeah. it. Yeah. So then, through my burning eyeballs, I Google what do I do about a jalapeno burn on my eyes, nose, and mouth, and they say milk. Yes. Yeah. Of course, milk. Yeah. Dunk your head in it drink regular milk so i have rice milk or right. almond milk and right. i'm like that's oh, not man. the same thing that's not gonna work no, but we have yogurt <gasps> Shana. So i spread like 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 vanilla chobani yogurt all over <laughs> my entire face uh at which point my husband walks in and he's like what's happening what's happening right now i'm like google something this is not working i'm in pain google something so he takes a bunch of pictures 
Yeah. Then he takes a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he decides to Google things. <laughs> and the only, so milk, you know, the yogurt's not cutting it at all. But then he said rubbing alcohol. I'm like, well, I do not have rubbing alcohol, but I do have a bottle of vodka. <laughs> and so what really solved it was, was drinking uh, the vodka. Paper, paper, paper. <laughs> <laughs> and glass. I went numb instantly. Yeah. It was wow. a, it, it took about an hour, all told. That for the, is for really rough. Wow. To how did that happen exactly? Like, how did you... Yeah, that's a great point we didn't even <laughs> ask. <laughs> did, did, were, were you, like, chopping jalapenos? I, I was chopping jalapenos, uh -huh. and I, I do this all the time. Like, I... We make guacamole constantly, and I apparently I just forgot to wash my hands, or I didn't wash them well enough, and oh. it was a real situation. Wow. So, have you discovered a new skin regimen? Like, is this yogurt vodka combo really brightening yeah. your, your skin? So after this, I'm going to put on my daily yogurt vodka mask. <laughs> <laughs> you look ten years younger. I know it's amazing. You just texted me. Burned off all my skin. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you smell like a, a raging alcoholic, but your skin looks gorgeous. Yeah. I smell like a bar. You but yeah. get a fat. You smell like a weird Greek bar, but uh, <laughs> I got to say, Aaron saved the day though, because my first thought is like, how. How did you not immediately open Periscope? Like the moment you felt a little burn, you open Periscope and just put it on a stationary location and let us watch you just fall Suffer. apart. But I'm glad that he at least had the wherewithal to go, you know what? Before I help this woman that I love, yeah. Yeah. I got to make sure to capture this because someday if she makes it, this is going to be hilarious. So, so then he's like, he's like. I'm going to post this. I'm going to put this on the internet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. fine, yeah. fine, 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 fine. And then he self, like, you know, he's like, no, you know what? It's too much. Mm -hmm. It's too weird. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And then we had a group of people over on Sunday night that I had never met. And he couldn't wait to show it to them. You should have so. posted that picture as your pretty new profile picture. I know you have a special one with like a blue background and special hair, but I would have liked the jalapeno face picture. Yeah, we can we can switch it out <laughs> sometimes. Jalapeno and yoga yeah. face. You, uh, pretty amazing. You have a new profile picture because you're kind of ramping up for the new book coming out, right? It's yes. true. Yeah. I yes. am. Thank you. What time yeah. what what time of year is it coming out? August? It comes out on August 9th, but we're in like, I shoot the DVD curriculum next week and we're into like the marketing and PR and author, you know, endorsements, all that stuff right now. And I would just like to say in preparation for your new book, I am actually wearing, uh, you can see it on the camera. I'm wearing my blue, blue Chuck Taylors that I got, that I usually mow the yard in, but I knew you were going to be on the show today and I thought, you know what? Thank I'm going to millennial it up for this woman. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's like one tiny drop in the bucket to make up for what you said about them originally. Thank from you. The, from the whole gigantic gallons that I siphoned out of it that will never be replaced. Well, uh, moving the show along, it is uh, time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Did you guys see that uh, Bono addressed Congress this week? Yeah. Yeah, about yes. the refugee crisis. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the U2 frontman and one campaign founder talked about ways to help refugees from Syria and nations in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, he actually went over there with Senator Lindsey Graham uh, recently to mm. visit the refugees and see it firsthand. Uh, before he spoke to Congress that day, he posted an op-ed in, in the New York Times that said uh, Western nations need to provide more aid to countries housing refugees to help provide humanitarian needs, educational resources, and ultimately jobs. He wrote, they need development, development that invests in them and empowers them, that treats them not as passive recipients, but as leaders and partners. Refugees living in camps need food and shelter right away, but they also need long-term benefits of education, training, jobs, 
and financial security. I'm really glad they're talking about this. Uh, and then in a speech, uh, he, he actually also suggested using comedy to fight extremism. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, it's like you speak violence, you speak their language, but you laugh at them when they're goose-stepping down the street and it takes away their power. So I'm suggesting that the Senate send in Amy Schumer and Chris Rock and Sasha Baron Cohen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that uh, the video of uh, it's like a neo-Nazi march and there's a guy walking behind them with a tuba playing like. Burr, yeah. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> no. Here's oh, a man. clip of uh, a Bono speech. The fact is that aid can no longer be seen as charity, a nice thing to do and we can afford it. If there's one thing I would like you to take away from this testimony. It is that aid in 2016 is not charity. It is national security. And when it's structured properly with a hard focus on fighting corruption and improving governance to qualify for that aid, it could be the best bulwark we have against the violent extremism that is gaining traction in the Levant and the Sahel. In Europe, the problem has moved from practical to existential. I do, I do love the fact that Bono, like, he's taking the opportunity to address something really serious. And he actually, his solution is something that isn't completely unorthodox, but it's yeah. not something that a lot of people, uh, it's something a little bit different than what a lot of people are suggesting, which is to give money to the countries that are already housing refugees. Right. You know, it's this sort of alternative solution uh, to provide jobs for them. But then he, so, so he's got like real tangible things that's a little bit outside the box. He went with, uh, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, a senator and former presidential candidate to visit refugees. But along with that, he he he's the only guy that could walk into the Senate and with a sh- pretty much a straight face suggest sending Amy Schumer over to help yeah. defuse the situation as yeah. well. Did you see also like recently Hillsong United was over there. They yeah. they went with the uh, Steve Haas who took me to Lebanon to visit refugee camps on the Bekaa Valley and and see the crisis happening in Lebanon specifically with Syrian refugees. They they went with Steve too. And so they kind of had the same mm. thing, except they, when they met with the refugees, they're like, they brought their guitars and they're playing music and the refugees are having a good time. That I didn't entertain them the way he did. No, you're just like, here's a magazine. <laughs> Pass out magazines. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love it. Um, here's, a, here's the iPad edition. So here's a bit I've been, we've been workshopping on the podcast about LA Looks hair gel. <laughs> I just got an email this morning. How do they get the bubbles um, in there? I'm sure you guys know uh, Jeremy Courtney, Jeremy and Jessica oh, Courtney. Yeah. They do preemptive love. Yeah. Them. And they just started a thing kind of similar to what you were just talking about, um, helping women uh, make and sell soaps yes. so that they can become, um, so that they can send their kids to school and so that they can stay in Iraq um, and, and kind of build whole uh, lives there with dignity. So it's called um, Sisterhood Soaps. Mm-hmm. So cool. I just got an email about it today yeah. and placed an order. I did too. He sent me an email like, hey, I want to send this to you or whatever. I go, absolutely not. And I went over to the website and ordered it. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's providing jobs and it's so cool. It's it's Syrian refugees in Iraq or, or, or not Syrian necessarily. It's just refugees, ISIS yeah. refugees mm-hmm. that have been uh, dis, you know displaced. And they're there and, and they're working with him in Iraq and they're helping provide jobs. And his wife founded this and it's just kicking off. I think they start shipping April 29th. Is it just sisterhoodsoaps.com? Is that? Yep. Or? Yeah. Okay. I yep, love those is. really practical solutions to an issue. I know it's not going to like save everything, but like that's real jobs that will really help real families and people need soap. That was a huge yeah. thing. It's like, so I'm meeting with, you know, one family and it was like, she's 27 and she was a nurse in Syria and had to run. Her husband was killed. She has three kids. She's in Lebanon. Can't work. Yeah. Can't work. Literally can't get a job in Lebanon. So right. there's no way she can like 
support her and her kids. And like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, provide food, water, help, help them like, you know, with sustenance, but like they need a future. They need to be able to like move forward. And, you know, this is awesome. I love what, I love what Jeremy's doing. And I, and I'm glad that like Bono and others are like bringing it to like, you know, real tangible Mm -hmm. attention. So yeah, the op-ed is linked to on relevantmagazine.com. We'll post the video of the podcast page. But one of the, the cool things, like you were saying, that he he put in there was dispelling the myth that this is a temporary situation, mm-hmm. that oh, some no. of these refugees that are children could be a refugee in that camp for their entire life. Yeah. And if we don't start looking for solutions to help them now, like you, with the, you were saying, with education and, and jobs, where they are now, then then their lives are not going to improve. It's time to start thinking about you know, like you're saying, beyond humanitarian aid. And, you know, we're starting to look at within these camps, the economies that are developing within there and things that are (laughs) like, like human trafficking and the imbalance of power and injustice. This isn't just a lot of people that have been displaced that are living in camps. This is a, this is going to be a long term issue for individuals that are in that situation. I'm glad they're working on it. On the other end of the spectrum, in case you missed it, Coachella will be uh, streamed for free on YouTube this weekend. The opening weekend of Coachella is like right now, today, April 15th through the 17th. It's going to have three streaming channels. On-demand clips will also be made available. It's at CoachellaLive.com. Everything's embedded there with the schedule information. And you can watch live artists like Sufjan Stevens of Monsters and Men, M83, uh, Lapsley, uh, Foles, Ellie Goulding, Major Laser, many, 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 many Guns and Roses, right? I don't know. <laughs> so people are just going to be like alone in their homes in front of their computers with glow sticks and you can just you can dancing just around. periscope when you go to the Guns N' Roses show in June. <laughs> you guys, I'm so the excited. best part about this is you don't have to go out to the desert with a bunch of uh, 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 sweaty, dirty, hippies. smelly, uh, yeah, hipsters out in the California desert. You just hang out in your room. You can sit in the comfort of your home and just Chromecast it. Yeah, <laughs> mom brings you some tater tots every few hours and you just enjoy yourself a Coachella. <laughs> Oh, that that sounds lovely. Right, actually, turn the heat up. Turn the heat up in your house if you want the real experience. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. don't bathe and go to the bathroom like in the corner. Yeah, roll yeah. around yeah. in the dirt in your front yard, and then come back inside. Yeah. Get myself a nice two liter of Fanta and be on my way. <laughs> Uh, in case you missed it, Steven Spielberg is directing an adaptation of the historical religious book, The Kidnapping of Edgardo Montara. I'm in. The, my name is Inigo Montoya. Yeah, Mark Rylands, who did Bridge of Spies and the BFG, will star as Pope Pius the Ninth in Spielberg's adaptation of the 1997 book. It was up? written by Pulitzer Prize-winning author David Kurtzer. It's a historical novel that tells the true story of a young Jewish boy who was kidnapped by Christians in the 1800s because a former Catholic servant said he was baptized as an infant. Uh, the case caused international outrage and major religious debates after the Pope refused to return the boy to his family, and he later became a priest. So there you go, Steven mm. Spielberg. The new face of comedy, huh? Am I the only one who's never heard that story ever? No, I've never heard it. I've never no, heard I've it. Never. It's Pulitzer Prize winning. I've never heard winning. that book. I've never, like... What? Yeah, I, no. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Before I was putting this together, I read, like, about the case just so I could write a little summary for it. And it is, like, really fascinating. And the movie... Because of the nature of the story, is probably going to be extremely controversial, uh, because it has to do with the nature of uh, religious division and belief, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know the theology of baptism. Uh, and it's, and Steven Spielberg's directing it, so it's going to be a, a major movie. But it, it might cause some real controversial religious discourse when it comes out. In case you missed it, uh, in movie news uh, this past week, all the nerds got excited because the trailer for Rogue One, a Star yeah. Wars story, was released. Yeah. Here is a clip. 
State your name for the record. Jin Erso. Forgery of Imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Yeah, I've watched that 100,000 times. My son made me a chart so I understand where it is in the story. Yeah. <laughs> and it, okay, it's in between uh, what? Uh, three, three and four? Four and five? Three, three and four. Three and four, that's right. Yeah, my son, who's six, is now becoming he a self-proclaimed Star Wars nerd. But this so, is how... Great. I Hold on. <laughs> I got to ask a question, but I got to ask okay. in the context of spoiling Force Awakens. Is it too late for that? No. At this point, if at this point, it's I never been saw out it, but like I'm not going to probably. Yeah. So yeah. people can jump ahead thirty. Okay. Seconds. People who haven't seen it don't okay. care about it being spoiled. I'm going to yeah. ask the question in like two seconds. So, like, does this mean <laughs> Han Solo could come back? Like, you could see Han Solo in another movie because now he's not dead. They're doing okay. So they're doing every other year. They're doing the new big episodes. So yeah. seven, eight, nine. That's every other year. In between yeah. those other years, they're telling Star Wars stories. Yeah. So they're doing the backstory of this. They're doing a young Han Solo story movie as well. Oh. They're doing, yeah, mm-hmm. John David, our in-house Star Wars nerd, yeah. told me all this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So. It just feels, I mean, well, we've already talked about it. I'm not going to go there, but that's a lot. It's a lot of movies. <laughs> a lot of money. Be it's printing money at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will, but, you, you know, at least they're doing it in a way that doesn't seem like exploitive to the original content. Like, it, it, it feels like they have, they're holding the stories with some reverence. And also, this movie and the prior one, you know, are proudly featuring, like, a strong female lead as the yeah. primary protagonist. This, this one's uh, Felicity Jones playing the character Jen Erso. So. Yeah. I don't know any of those and She looked awesome. I mean the 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 movie the character the whole thing. Oh yeah, it yeah looks the, cool. The, this trailer yeah. looks really cool, and that's what I'm saying. At least they're doing it the right way, not just hey, this is a brand that we can exploit for all the money. They're trying to do cool things with it. Yeah, is this all J.J. Abrams as well? No, no, each no, no. Of, it's all different. Each of the anthology movies are directed by a different filmmaker, but they've chosen really interesting uh, uh, people uh, uh, to make them. So that's that's my favorite line is like, "You break all the rules." Like, it's a rebellion. I rebel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice a we- it's actually, it's a Wes Anderson movie. So it's just like <laughs> Emma stat- static shot of lightsaber, static <laughs> shot of camping supplies, static shot of ship, dolly yeah, shot sideways. Darth Vader writing a personal letter screen. to a friend with an overhead shot yeah. narrated by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> cut, cut to Darth Vader sipping a small cappuccino. Uh, well, th- uh, Jesse, uh, what happened over on the, the website this week in case you missed it? Okay, uh, so, uh, yeah, right now on the website, we have a really good piece by uh, a writer and author, Jeremiah J. Johnson, who actually has a, a book that's getting some buzz right now that just came out, but it's called The Church of Invisible Diseases, and it looks at how uh, uh, the church has, in many cases, failed to adequately address issues like mental illness and, and suicide, and uh, how taboo within a lot of church communities uh, has caused it to be swept under the rug. Uh, it's it's getting a lot of attention on the website right now. Uh, and I think part of the reason is just because of the premise of the piece. There's not a lot of resources uh, for this. It's only in recent years that I feel like the topic of mental illness has been discussed in, in a way that, that has been open. But it seems like the church has been a little slow to do that. And even how it's positioned in the piece uh, as an invisible disease 
is really interesting. Uh, a, a quote from it is, does God heal? Absolutely. Does he work miracles? Absolutely. However, just as we have people who continue to struggle with physical problems, there are also those who continue uh, to struggle with emotional and mental ones. We must uh, avoid shaming them and instead, we need to take a, a holistic spiritual approach to addressing them. So it's a really encouraging piece. It's called The Church of Invisible Diseases. You can uh, check it out at relevantmagazine.com or go to our Facebook page and join the discussion, which has had uh, a lot of comments to it. You're actually telling people to go read the Facebook comments on something? <laughs> well, well I, to elevate the Facebook discussion. Oh, okay, to elevate. All you good normal this, people, go, this. please. You don't need to read the comments to to, to uh, add them, but if, yeah, clearly uh, nobody does. They just spout off crazy stuff, not actually interacting with the other conversations that are actually yeah, happening. Yeah, but there's only one way to turn that around. Is that to, that's to get more positive people in there? I was actually just thinking, I, I grew up in a church that's really uh, counseling-oriented, really open about mental illness, or I feel like I, that's not like a scary, weird thing for our church community to talk about. And then I was like, but I feel like I ran into a situation several years ago where I realized not all churches are like that. And it was when I wrote an article for Relevant, um, and it was like 10 things to do when you're 25 years old or something. And one yeah. of them was go to counseling or go back if you haven't been for a while. And it was like nine out of 10 people were like, cool, cool, cool. And that one, people just lost their minds. Right. And I, I was, it really surprised me. So I, I hope we get better as a church community talking about that stuff. I think it's really important. Yeah. Now I grew yeah. up in a church world where if you struggled with depression or suicidal thoughts or even addiction, that was a spiritual issue, spiritual only. You right. just, just faith, we'll pray it out, whatever. And it set up a lot of misunderstanding about the chemical, emotional, and spiritual components mm -hmm. of mental health. And yeah. I'm glad that this discussion is getting wider attention. I mean, when we talked to Jamie Tworkowski a few weeks ago, yeah. this was a big yeah. topic of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and just on a practical level, churches, when, when someone is you know clearly suffering from bipolar or schizoaffective or something that is just debilitating, but also there's a lot of hope on the other side of it, it just don't have the... It, even if there's not a theological issue of what to do, they just don't have a practical understanding of how do we care for this person? Yeah. What resources are in my city? What do we do here? It is so mm -hmm. difficult. But when churches do it well, like Tronis Church, it's super inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll do it for... In case you missed it. Uh, entertainment releases, music coming out on Friday, April 22nd, next Friday. Uh, Rufus Wainwright is coming out with Take All My Loves. Love him. Really? Oh, I love Rufus I saw him back Wayne. in Nashville in 99. Such an incredible voice. Uh, also coming out, Grays. They're coming out with yeah. Outer Heaven. It's like an inner heaven and outer heaven. I think it's like a, it's a spiritual... No, I get it. Yeah. You don't have to explain to me. Yeah, it's like the temple back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know. We Are Scientists is coming out with Helter Skelter. Uh, NF is coming out with Therapy Session. NF is a Christian rapper. You're going to hear his song uh, in the next break. It's actually pretty good. Oh, cool. Uh, Jordan Feliz is coming out with The River. Movie release is coming out the same day, Friday, April 22nd. The Huntsman, Winter's War. Chris Hemsworth and others are coming out. I don't want to see that. Too Sir, scary. Shirley's Theron, others. <laughs> Too uh, much stuff happening. Elvis and Nixon, uh, starring Kevin Spacey and Johnny Knoxville is coming out. Oh. Ooh. I feel like this has flown totally under the radar. I went from excited to confused very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the untold true story behind the meeting between the king of rock and roll and President Nixon, resulting in this revealing yet humorous moment immortalized in the most requested photograph in, in the National Archives. Yeah, well, it's crazy. famously, Elvis brought a gun to the, into the White House. Yeah. yeah. Because he's Elvis Presley. Br yeah, yeah. Who else on, the, on planet Earth 
could bring a like a civilian, bring a firearm into the Oval Office. Elvis Presley did it when he met Nixon. Yeah. Uh, and he also, Nixon also gave him, this is just because I know this wasn't, in, I don't know if this covered in the movie, but it's just random Elvis trivia. Uh, he was issued like a badge to be like some sort of uh, like drug enforcement officer because Nixon was big on the war on drugs and thought it would be like a good PR move to get Elvis this badge. But what it really did was it gave Elvis like some legal immunity to carry drugs himself yeah. for, for his own use. <laughs> so it's a weird, yeah. fascinating... It's ultimately led to his death. Yeah, no, 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 I confiscated the Nixon yeah. killed Elvis. <laughs> but Elvis had kind of like requested a Secret Service badge or something and it had like written yeah. Nixon from a Hilton napkin or something strange. <laughs> like it was just this like, how did any of this ever happen yet it all happened and <laughs> now you've got thing. a movie elvis elvis is such a weird time in american pop culture and political history that i'm glad even just a, a fragment of that story is being told so johnny knoxville is playing elvis i guess so i like that yeah I mean, that right. sounds good yeah that that, that seems I mean, like it'd be better than kevin spacey playing elvis. well yeah, yeah. And he's got but acting it, but is it more of a is it more of a comedy or is it trying to really oh, yeah. tell the story? Good I think question. it's like a dark comedy. Also coming out a hologram for the king, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, he's, he plays an American failed American businessman looking to recoup his losses by traveling to Saudi Arabia and selling his idea to a wealthy monarch. Mm. And, and that's based on a Dave Eggers book. There you go. Tale of Tales, starring Selma Hayek and John C. Riley, is coming out. And The Meddler, starring Susan Sarandon, Rose Byrne, J.K. Simmons, and others. Just kidding. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, <laughs> Just kidding, Simmons. That'll do it for entertainment releases. In case you missed it and your jalapeno burn update, stay tuned. Up next, <laughs> Slices. Only time you ever call me is when you feel like Don't nobody else want to listen when's the last time you saw me. You probably don't remember that because that was back when you were different. I don't want to hear the sorries. I'm tired of all the talking to be honest. I would rather see a different change. Listening to NF, the song is I Just Want to Know. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Gallant again with uh, episode because it's an episode, it's the next episode of the podcast. Yeah, so I thought it was a good Gallant intro. Cycle. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. I think we're running, I mean, this is a great album. I don't know how many more podcast peppy songs are, but I thought episode was a good way to start an episode. That's true. Okay. All right. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so there is a Russian billionaire named Yuri Milner who's kind of obsessed with uh, exploring deep space and maybe even finding intelligent life out there. Um, so he's hatched a new plan that could get us to look deeper into places, uh, uh, in fact, a galaxy that's uh, or a star system that is more than four uh, light years away. Uh, and it may sound like a far-fetched idea, but he has two other board members uh, for the latest project that he just announced uh, that is called the greatest name ever for something, Breakthrough Starshot. 
Uh, and you may say exploring far off galaxies and looking for in intelligent life sounds like something that an eccentric Russian billionaire uh, would do. But there's two other board members involved with Breakthrough Starshot, Stephen Hawking and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> what? Wow. It's lent some real credibility to what they're going to attempt here. Because at first I thought, oh, this is just kind of an eccentric, like James Bond villain type of thing, especially when you when you learn the details of what they're going to do. It involves making a, a, a field of satellites on Earth that can project a powerful laser into space to propel these little <laughs> spaceships. Uh, but it's getting, like I said, some serious credibility behind it uh, with Stephen Hawking and Mark Zuckerberg. So how it's going to work is that they have figured out a way to travel at 20% of the speed of light, which is faster than anything's ever traveled. So once they shoot their... Not as fast uh, as the Millennium Falcon. That's true. <laughs> well, I should say, uh, faster than anything non-fictional uh, <laughs> can travel. So they're going to put their uh, nanocrafts into space. So basically, they're describing it like a custom-made iPhone that has cameras and ability to send things back to Earth. And, you know, make calls between here and this cool laser station on Earth. It's going to be shooting through the galaxy. Uh, so it's going to this is how fast these things are going to be going on uh, solar sails. 20 percent of the speed of light. Uh, yeah. Well, how well, fast is that? well, yeah. So it will take three days to reach Pluto. Wow. Wow. Which is crazy. How many so years it's going to be. Take? Are they going to charge the phones? Uh, they're going. <laughs> well, they're going to use uh, uh, solar power out in space. Wow. Uh, and so huh. uh, it's going to. To answer your question, Chandler, uh, to to travel uh, just over four light years to this uh, uh, star system, it, it's going to get there about twenty years. So it's kind of a long tail project. It's not like we're going to be there overnight. And even though they're putting a few hundred million dollars into it right now. Uh, it's going to probably cost up to $10 billion. But the idea is wow. it's too uh, difficult to try to get us people in a spaceship out there, uh, especially if they got to spend 20 years trying to get there. But if they can send these iPhones out there uh, and take <laughs> pictures and they can use cameras and they can basically explore via Periscope, uh, this could be a major breakthrough. And uh, what better guy to have involved if you're looking at uh, a real-time uh, social media connection, even if it's intergalactic, than Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, so the plan is has just kicked off. They just announced some of the details. But a lot of people are saying it's the most innovative thinking when it comes to uh, space exploration that they've heard in a long time. And they said the difference is the Silicon Valley influence. It's kind of thinking outside the box with it. I think it's funny that they have a, a few hundred million dollars to basically launch the things, but they're going to need $10 billion. I don't think they have like fundraising telethons and like, I mean, like what if they can't raise the money? Like they just kind of drift out there, you know? Well, well, they, well that's the thing. They're, they're not ready to launch right away. Like they're, they're still like in the planning. I mean, they've released kind of what the plans are and some animation of how it works. But yeah, they're trying to drum up interest and uh, potentially investment from Silicon Valley investors. So I don't unless unless they find intelligent life out there that is able to barter with us. I don't know how possibly anyone's going to get a return on <laughs> right, it, but it's a cool idea. Yeah, um, you know, though, what's interesting to me about that whole thing too is laser propulsion. Did, mm -hmm. Yeah, did did we even know that was a thing before we read this article? I mean, did you know that anything could be propelled by lasers? Yeah, well, that's yeah. Well, did you watch the animation? It's basically like a field of satellites that's going to shoot lasers into space to propel to get these things going. Yeah. And then they're going to use uh, uh, light sails that uses yeah. sunlight and stuff. Cool. Yeah, but like, I love how excited you guys are about this. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> that's the best part for me. I only lasers. thought that we could be moved by like fire. 
but you know, basically like rockets. But now, Wait, I'm, how are we? Oh, fi- oh, the heat. But I'm the, saying yeah. like lasers are pushing pushing us along now. I I don't know. Maybe that's not the main point of the story, but I found it to be totally crazy. Yeah, it just seems like the, the, what what used to seem like science fiction is now reality, and especially the the uh, you know some of the motivations are uh, you know a little even cryptic, like. Stephen Hawking said something. This was his, uh, he said in a statement, Earth is a wonderful place, but it will not last forever. Sooner or later, we must look to the stars. Breakthrough Starshot is a very exciting first step on that journey. So Stephen Hawking has these apocalyptic visions of what this thing could possibly accomplish. But he's Hmm. a smart guy, and if he's taking it seriously and Mark Zuckerberg's taking it seriously, it might actually be a serious initiative. All right, well, uh, what do you have, Eddie? Well, I, first of all, would like to pitch the idea of yielding my time to more talk about lasers, but we can do whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring a new slice, that's fine, but at some point we need to get back to this. Um, it just reminds me real quick of that Parks and Rec uh, episode where Andy decides to go to community college and he fills out the classes he wants to, <laughs> yeah. and it shows him walking out of a class called the Introduction to Lasers, yeah. where he's like in a math lesson, mm-hmm. and he just looks at the camera and he's like, I've never been more disappointed in anything in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right um well first of all um i have something to say to you jesse okay i'm sorry oh oh my i was wrong oh my a true apology involves a lot more than saying i'm sorry and scientists are reporting in uh the negotiation and conflict management research group that they've broken down apologies into six basic elements of which so, I did. So, so, so scientists have broken yes. down the art of forgiveness, right. is what you're saying. Right. What I did was the worst form of apology. I did absolutely nothing helpful for you because I'm not sorry and I take it all back. But uh, <laughs> the first, this was laid out in a uh, study um, by, and I don't want to mention the university because they're pretty big gator rivals and I feel like they don't need the press. <laughs> I feel like so. they need the credibility here. Well, I don't. I don't actually... You know what? No, no, Florida State. No, no, no. It's Ohio State. The Ohio State the University. Ohio State. Okay, dot the I. Got it. Forty-one, <laughs> fourteen. Find a new head coach. Um, actually, I probably would just like to talk about how much I dislike Ohio State. But maybe you should. Maybe you should uh, 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 ask an apology for Urban Meyer for all the ways you're slandering him right now. <laughs> and demonstrate this method. So what did I'm they sorry, find? Like, how did they you. break down what scientifically is the most effective apology? They said that there are six elements to an effective apology. Uh, some of them are more effective than others, but the six basic elements. If you want to have like a surefire apology that hits all of the bases and the other person who is receiving this apology knows uh, that you, you know, feel pretty bad about it. The six elements are expressing regret. Okay. So what I did was wrong, and I feel terrible about that. Okay. Explaining what went wrong. Wait, I feel terrible is regret? Oh, That's no. about how you I feel. F- yeah, expressing regret. That's a regretful statement. Like, I shouldn't have. I feel like Joy yeah. can just do this better. Joy, express regret, please. Yeah, give us examples. Yeah. Mm. Man, I've just been thinking about what I did. Your improv classes have been worth every single penny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I think that is I think that's regret. You, you just, I feel I that isn't really, regret. Been, that's okay. about you. Yeah, I did something that I wish I hadn't done. Right. Yeah. yeah. I no. wish I hadn't said yeah, that thing regret. to you. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Number two, explaining what went wrong. Okay, so uh, that was you know to the makers of LA looks, I was misinformed about your product, and it does work on burns. Number three, acknowledging <laughs> responsibility. 
I should have researched before I maligned the good name of L.A. Lux. Number four, declaring repentance. This is really impressive, Jesse. Number four, declaring repentance. Please do not sue me. Yeah. Number five, offering to repair the situation. I will go to the discount bargain bin where your products are sold. <laughs> and I will, and I will buy them for, for members of my family. And finally, ask forgiveness. Please forgive me. That is really long. That's a lot of that. That content is, for an apology. So a good apology yeah. has all six of those elements. Now, they're saying that if you're in a rush, the least effective, <laughs> if you got to just get through an apology yeah. and you keep have a hurting. lot of uh, apologies to cover. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. heard a lot of people I love. I got to make it through this yeah. dinner before <laughs> because I don't want my Next dessert. Thanksgiving, yeah. Yeah, an aperitif yeah. to be interrupted. Yeah. Um, so a true apology involves a lot more than saying I'm sorry. Asking for forgiveness yeah. is the least effective of all those six. So really? if you're going to throw something off of that, asking for forgiveness is just hey, like, I'm really don't worry about sorry. That. Will you please forgive me? Right. Done work. I mean, like, it's okay. But generally, basically, what you've said is, I'm skipping all the acknowledgement of everything I've done wrong. Can you just, can we just get to the end where you tell me it's okay? Because hmm. forgiveness is kind of a part of understanding the full dynamic of apologies. Yeah. Right? How, how did I do with that really long apology email I sent you a couple weeks ago? You did good. It was a little too grovelly. You didn't need to be so grovelly, <laughs> but you did a nice job. <laughs> but I wanted you to know that I really heard you. No, you did a great apology. And I, and I didn't see it that way, and you opened yeah, no, my eyes to it, and yeah, I felt really bad. Yeah, no, you did a <laughs> I love real talk. No, it was a great apology. Okay. Yeah, I did. Well, and my. Kara, why don't you read? read (laughs) And we can judge using Eddie's methodology or or the the Ohio State University's methodology. So it doesn't say anything. I was I was thinking that one of them was going to be like like body language or eye contact or something. Because Mm -hmm. we're we're working on that with our boys. Uh, Like they'll apologize, but they will look. Any place but your eyes. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, look in my eyes, and they, they'll they'll look like just one centimeter off. It just makes me nuts. Yeah, but there's interesting though about eye contact with children. It says that you're not yeah. like that generally. You don't push eye contact until they're much much older because the intensity of eye contact. Like some kids aren't mature enough to that level to do eye contact. You don't have to push them into it. Like you're kidding. How old? Uh, I. Actually, don't remember the exact 17. number, so I don't want to give yeah, out Shana, bad actually, information. It does. T- I know we talked about my dad's book on mother and sons. It does talk about eye contact and men in there because um, it can be a sign of aggression. And so sometimes when little boys look away, it's a deferential, like, I don't want to fight. Um, you know, so they actually might be doing it in a way to kind of be like, I know I'm in trouble. I'm acknowledging that I've done something wrong and you're my authority figure. Yeah, I watched, so. I watched Nat Geo. I, I know the animal well, kingdom. It is kind of when the yeah. dog looks down. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. like, we're not animals, but that is kind of the thing. Like, but that's why. Tail between the legs kind of thing. With yeah. The, the conversely, yeah. I don't say to the girls, like, look at me when we're talking or when you're apologizing because it puts me in a, like, a power position with a child that they don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Shauna. I mean, like, no, I really am, like, if there was one thing, if my kids were here and they were like, what's the thing that mom says when she's mad? It would yeah. be look in my eyes. Yeah. But like, also, because I, I want like, and I get right down with them and it's not like I'm like lording over them or something. I just want like, let's connect about this. Don't run away from me. Um, but yeah, they'd be like, what's the phrase she says in her mad voice? Look in my eyes. <laughs> but also you <laughs> so would I'm gonna maybe all, rethink that. Everything before, in parenting yeah. though, right? Is like both. So you're probably absolutely right. They're probably just dodging an actual apology and you totally have to do that. (laughs) You never know which one it is. Or I'll just start over now. So the most effective quickie apology? The most, they say that if you're going to do just two things, 
to just get it. Yeah. I like that you're like, all right, what do I have to do? Yeah, like, what's <laughs> the bare minimum where they're well, going to go out? Tell me some slack. What's funny is, real quick, when you were, when, when, because Eddie had sent me this earlier and I was thinking, it's like if, if some like enterprising pastor or like, you know, Christian author who writes about like, you know, psychological issues were to break down like the, the significance of each of those steps, I think that would probably be an interesting read because there is, each of those seven steps, like when I was looking, I'm like, you know, there is real tangible uh, uh, things happening here, mm-hmm. you know, on, on an emotional level when someone engages in that type of yeah. dialogue. That'll preach. Yeah. So owning up to your mistake yeah. and offering to fix it are the two most effective elements. Okay, but of a I thought approach. in the whole, like, you know, relationship stuff, like guys want to fix problems, girls don't want that, they just want to be heard or something like that, or understood. understood yeah. And so it's like, if I was to apologize, if I hurt a, a female, like, you know, I'll, I'll make it better. That's I thought that that's not what they wanted. I don't think it's like, I will make it better. It's, is there anything that I can do with what we know now to help this situation? I think it's gotcha. offering to be proactive in a resolution. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a difference when you're seeking someone's forgiveness versus like, if somebody comes to you with a problem, yeah. they may just want to be sharing that problem and to just jump in and be like, this is what you got to do. That can be a turnoff for some people. But in the act of forgiveness, I think think this is really fascinating because I find so many people don't even say, will you forgive me? So many people just say, I'm really sorry about what happened. And it is, and it's like, it is so difficult to stay upset with someone who truly, genuinely comes to you and acknowledges what they've done, tries to fix it, you know, and, and they Grovels don't need to go to the bit. point of groveling, but it's just a little it's bit powerful. Little grovel. Yeah. A little grovel. A little hint of grovel helps. Let, so let's, let's see the email to get the appropriate <laughs> amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still not clear. Yeah, no, it's very appropriate. Very good email from Cameron. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so, those are, that's the way to an apology. I actually feel like we could all practice one if we wanted to. So if anybody has an amends well, to we make. Got, we got uh, a, I'm going to uh, apologize to my children yeah. for making them look <laughs> me in the eyes for almost 10 years. Sorry, I forced a power <laughs> posture upon you that will ultimately <laughs> lead always you to not be, trust me. The rest of their life, they're going to be scared of women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I nice. regret that I made fun of your shoes. I was insecure about my own shoes. I was at fault. I repent. I don't have a good one for that. I will now wear those shoes a lot and talk about your book a lot on August 9th because it's awesome and buy it for people. Do, can you please the book forgive with the me? shoes? Yeah, the shoe specifically book. the, the shoe book, book about shoes. Yeah. Will you please forgive me? I would. I would. I would be delighted. The last thing I want to do is you. misrepresent what your book about shoes is about. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah, I think, I think offering money is like a seventh step. You know, yeah. Like, you know, here's fifty dollars. I'm, I'm gonna buy stuff. I'm gonna buy some stuff. I yeah. carry a stack of Starbucks gift cards in my pocket for all the apologies that I have to buy every day. <laughs> Slowly slide it across the desk. And walk away. You know what this is? I emailed Eddie his virtual gift card. That, right, that, yeah. right, right. I was wrong. I'm sorry, and I love you. <laughs> have a have a frap on me. <laughs> all right. What do you have, Joy? Frap it up. My my apologies. How do I fix it? Here's a frap. Here, frap. Here's a frap. I can either oh, okay. grovel so, or give you a frappuccino. Which do you choose? <laughs> I'm assuming frappuccino. Here you go. I, I am making a commitment to not interrupt the joy. I, I'm I ready. Know. I, uh, Jesse, at the end of this, I just wanted an apology, a sincere apology for all my slice interruptions. Okay. 
So uh, I want to start off by asking a question. Um, have any of you guys ever moved into a new home or apartment or even just gone to a hotel and found something from a previous residence? Oh, I mean. Like something interesting. Famously, I believe we have it on the shelf behind me. I uh, The house before I live in that I lived in now. This is an old story, but uh, I climbed up into the attic of our house just to kind of check it out. And look to my left, and there is a perfectly clean child's patent leather shoe. No, with, uh, just just one. Just one. with no dust just on it, one. just one. There's like a sunbeam shining in a singular light right on it. Really? And I knew that place was haunted. <laughs> we had to get out of there. It's exponentially more creepy than two shoes. Yeah, it is yeah. terrifying. No, no. Was this the house that somebody was murdered in? Because didn't you yes. live in a house where it there was, was a murder? murder? House. Yes, it was really? the murder. It was yeah. the murder mansion. Yeah. Wait a minute. And, and, yeah, I don't think I know that part of the story. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll do it quick uh, because people are like, "Yeah, we've heard this." Uh, but just for our new listeners, the house I used to live in, uh, like the day before we moved in, I googled the address uh, just for no real apparent reason, other than just, a, and all of a sudden, unsolved murder for our county came up, and sure enough, like in 1978. Blunt force trauma to the head on the oh, port wow. on the front driveway, but then we were okay with it because we're like it wasn't inside the house, right? It wasn't Just like the yard where we're gonna is haunted, right? Well, who cares about a haunted yard? Yeah. No big deal. There's already <laughs> raccoons out there at night and snakes. You don't want to go out there. <laughs> a ghost, a raccoon. <laughs> it's, 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 Do you feel like so you got like a weird discount? Weird wildlife that can kill you. Right? Yeah, we did not get a discount on the house, no. but we did have an annual party. <laughs> On the anniversary of his death, oh. and that was that was what? that was in poor taste. But Mocking the dead, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what did you do? You're, like, you're just asking for a haunting. Eddie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did we do with that? Well, yeah. I mean, I want to ha- leave myself with a shred of credibility, <laughs> but I will say that we did enjoy some rogue dead guy ale. And just oh, other, it was dude, basically it's getting a, worse, Eddie. Don't was, describe it. You just heard the light you, tap dancing of children's feet in the attic. <laughs> yeah, we just everybody would just feel a shiver at the same time. It was it was basically a Halloween all year round at that house. So now we're in a much Honestly. less creepy house. Where is Jessica's show? So creepy. On the show, they need a Jessica <laughs> show. Is it there? Jessica. Really? Oh, they might have for a band performance. They might have put it in the shelf on in the other room. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, Jessica it just, shoe. It just mysteriously gets up and walks <laughs> Some away. Member was like, hey, yeah. But before I start, can we move the baby shoe? Yeah. <laughs> the creepy yeah. baby shoe you found in the attic of the murder house. You mind if we move that out of yeah. my line of sight yeah. while I do this worship song? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Every time I see it, I scream a little bit. I'm having I don't know a little why. hard time getting getting in the mood here. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's almost someone like someone someone's mocking a, a, the, the victim of a tragedy here. Yeah. Uh, Chan Chan, in your spare time, I'd really like for you to fashion just a spotlight. On the shoe, so it, it resembles how Eddie first found Have it. it for, for next week. <laughs> we, well, we can put one of these cameras pointed at it so you guys can just like <laughs> see Yeah, we can it. always watch. It's always with us. Yeah. Okay, well, so um, Matt and I just got our first home, and I'm actually... The, they redid the attic. So I'm sitting in the attic right now, uh, which is why I'm freezing. We don't have any insulation up here. Um, but we just recently discovered, um, so the side of our house is, has, um, what they're called, like, I mean, they're these really tall bushes or something It's in place of a fence between us and our neighbors, but there's a big section of them that kind of verge into like a I don't know. It's just this large area because it's a city right of way. Like if the city wants, they can actually make a road through our yard. Um, And so Matt was like cutting back the bushes. And all of a sudden he's like, Joy, come here. And we find like just this whole like mossed over shed that has 
piles of like gas tanks and like all this junk. And I swear dead bodies. Like I saw it and I like ran away. So I don't know if it was like our last owners or what, but they're just like, there's a dead body bin in the side of our yard. So mm. that's what we discovered. Did you call someone about that? <laughs> no, I ran away. What do you I call? Like, I mean, if there's a ra- dead raccoon, you call the exterminator or something. Well, I guess yeah, what do you call what for kind like of dead bodies? I think the police would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think law enforcement <laughs> would be interested. It's nine. It's like nine one something. I don't know, but I'm. But we don't want to call I'm the city. Sure a homicide detective could help you out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it is what I should investigate. I should just get over my fears and investigate it. But um, we don't want to call the city to come get the the gas tanks or whatever it is, because then we're fearful that they'll be like, oh, we could actually build a road through here and do that. So we're just going to have a haunted side yard for the rest of our lives. Um, but bad. anyways, that's not as exciting as <laughs> what happened in the news today. You guys, I have an article that was published this morning. There was uh, a family that had a leaky roof. So they're like, we need to get our leaky roof fixed. This is in France. And so uh, the person that comes to fix the leaky roof has to get to this part of the attic that's been sealed off to fix the roof. And they find in there a 400-year-old piece of art by this Italian artist named Caravaggio. Have you guys heard of him? Big Am fan. I the only? No, yeah, actually, I, yeah, I absolutely. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I didn't realize how I like... I dove deep into Wikipedia and uh, found out about this guy who really like had a ton of influences on the Baroque and and, um, Rembrandt and things like that. But he was this really eccentric artist um, who did a lot of stuff for the church in Rome, um, like paintings of like beheadings and things that were apparently really popular at that time. Um, and they found this painting that he did uh, that's based off of the Book of Judith that's in, in the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox scriptures about um, her decapitating uh, Holofernes. I don't know who he was. He was some general or something like that. And so they're pretty, I mean, art experts have been studying it and they're pretty for sure that it's not a knockoff and it's worth 136 million dollars. Oh, wow. So this Just was found in someone's in- attic. Who who where was this house located? Um it was in uh Toulouse uh in France. Toulouse. So is the house is the house four hundred years old? Uh, How old is the house? Yeah, is the house like four hundred years old or was it Uh, was the four hundred year old painting put there at some point and the attic sealed up? Uh it, it doesn't say when um the house was built, so I don't know that, but I could do some more uh digging if you'd like me to. Can you imagine being like Oh, a hundred and sixty million dollar painting well, in my house. Out the attic, and you know, you yeah. find a amazing. It's yeah, like it's that. like I can't believe the previous owner left all these uh, old Christmas decorations and an ancient <laughs> Italian masterpiece up here. Wow, what kind of yeah. lazy person? You do yeah, just kind of wonder yeah. when you go back in the history of the house, like. What in the world happened that they would? That there well, was that's a, what you think. Maybe it was during World War II right. when Hitler was stealing all the art, you know, because it was it was intentionally yeah, sealed off. Yeah. And so it's just fascinating that you yeah. know someone's like, "Well, the value of our house just went up." So does um, it belong to the homeowners? You know what? I'm gonna we because this is such a recent article. Uh, hot take. <laughs> there's st- still more updates that will it. come in. No, I don't know about that. Um, but what I did also want to share a little art history lesson is this Caravaggio. Am I saying it right, Shauna? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, he died when he was 38. So he's doing all these religious pieces that are pretty, uh, dark. And he's also living a pretty, like he was most artists, you know, um, become famous after they die. He was really, really popular while he was alive. He was getting commissioned by the Pope and different things. And, th but then he like had this crazy partying violent streak and he like killed a guy and then got in all these basically bar fights and then the Pope put out an order for him to be killed because he, you know, had killed a guy. And then there was just like, he tried to escape just a fat, like, I feel like somebody needs to make a movie about this guy's life. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be actually really fascinating to tie it in with the discovery of this painting in a French house. So I'm going to trademark that idea right now yeah. as I'm saying it. That's really interesting. Maybe like um, Johnny Knoxville and, and Kevin Spacey or something. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a real hoot. So anyways, I thought it was fascinating. That's an oh, amazing yeah. story. I love that. Go look in your attics. Maybe there'll be more than a shoe. What do you have, Shauna? I, I love this story, Shauna. What? <laughs> the story you're about to say. Yeah, I love this story too. This might be my favorite slice ever. Because, um, because it, 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 it taps into a deep-seated fear of mine. <laughs> so uh, a gentleman named James, 37 years old, driving his daughter to school one morning in North Carolina, and he gets pulled over uh, by the police for having a broken brake light. And the officer says, you know, did you know that your brake light was out? And he says, no, I thought I had fixed it. I'm so sorry. And he says, well, I'm going to need your license. And then after 30 minutes, so like something's going on back there. He's got his little yeah. daughter in the car with him. They're like, what is going on? A brake light, 30 minutes. The guy brings him out and says, I'm going to need you to step out of the car. I have to tell you something. Did you know that there is a warrant out for your arrest that was issued in 2002? And the guy's like, no, I did not know that. And I've been pulled ago. over since then. But, but, but what, what are you even talking about? And it says, apparently, you rented a movie. No. A VHS oh, no. tape 14 years ago. Hmm. And uh, when he did not return it after quite a long time, the video store went to the police and filed a complaint that is now a criminal matter. Wow. So they told him, because you're with your daughter, you know, and, and you don't seem to be like a violent guy, we're going to let you take her to school and go home. <laughs> but then you need to uh, sort of uh, present yourself at the police office so that we can arrest you. And they put him in handcuffs. Blockbuster yeah. <laughs> will have the last laugh. Yeah. I just wish that I just wish the officer would have popped the trunk right there, and there was just hundreds of VHS <laughs> tapes in the trunk. But, but so so he he rented the movie fourteen years ago, forgot to return it, and it finally catches up to him. But you, he can he was literally arrested and taken to jail. Yes, yes. Yeah, long? but the problem was the movie he rented. It was uh, What Women Want, that terrible one where Mel Gibson can hear women's thoughts. You're like, literally, we have to dissolve this guy. No, no, the actual movie, it, does it, do you have it there in the story? Oh, yeah. Feel free to tell them the actual movie. Well, it's, it's a movie whose title I probably shouldn't utter on the podcast that Tom Green uh, uh, starred in uh, oh, no. a 90s wow. comic. Yeah, that's why I'm so letting you say it because I don't want to say it. The real crime, it, again, the, the, the character in the movie is Freddy, something, you know, right, I, right, again, yeah, it's inappropriate yeah. for the podcast. He deserves the prison. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he Sorry. Deserves, they're like, <laughs> not only did you rent this movie, obviously you watched it multiple times because you it's overdue by 14 years. You rented just the dumbest movie. As <laughs> you, dumb as it gets. You, you deserve whatever prison we're about to give you. So there, there's two fun <laughs> 
aspects that go along with this. Number one, apparently when Tom Green heard about it, he said on Twitter, I just saw this and I am struggling to believe it is real. Legally that could happen or that somebody rented that movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Apparently, James, the man in question, the criminal, if you will, apparently made a Facebook video and, and said, I watched the movie one week ago. It holds up. It's hilarious. So huh. he's standing by this movie. And then the question is, which, you know, were you watching that actual VHS tape <laughs> that caused this whole thing? Funny. But he's, he's standing by his choice. Well, you know, what else we learned in this slice is what? that Tom Green has a Google alert for his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who among us doesn't? Oh, it, 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 the, the inbox now has like two emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, how about that? The first one was for some other guy named Tom Green that was in the news for something unrelated because it's a common name. But <laughs> finally paying so, dividends. So he will appear in court on That's April crazy. 27th. Have y'all ever done that? I mean, like not returned a thing? Oh, I have, I have old li- <laughs> from the public library. Yeah. I have old books in my parents' house that I don't know what became. Like I haven't been to the public library <laughs> <laughs> in a long time because uh, uh, I kind of feel like there's almost no reason to go to the library anymore no. you know like uh, you know I can read any book I want on the internet or whatever or audible.com yeah, yeah and so but I have I was at my parents house recently I was in an old closet that was in my old bedroom and there were books that I checked out as a kid from the public library that still had like the little <laughs> card catalog things on them and everything <laughs> and I'm like these were never returned this is like 20 years 25 years ago so, I mean, I could have a warrant out. I don't know. I don't know if they can arrest you for, for books you checked out as a kid. Maybe my parents have warrants out. <laughs> Jesse, you know what this is a perfect opportunity for? What's up? You march right back into that library. And you use those forgiveness techniques you just learned. <laughs> Six-part apology. And you apologize apology. for what you've let done. Let me say this, Joy. That would work if I wasn't an outlaw that doesn't care about things like overdue library books. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They, they may have your your image printed out in their back office. They're like, you if you see here. this man. Here. <laughs> I, I, I had a book uh, in high school, a book of poetry by William Carlos Williams that I didn't return. Mm-hmm. And when I moved downtown a few years ago, uh, I went walked down to the public library. It's actually really awesome place they you any d any movie free any video game free rules you you can they'll they'll mail it to you you don't have to return it either yeah it's pretty amazing (laughs) and uh and and so i walked in to you know get a library card uh, and uh they're like you owe us 43 dollars and so it was tagged to me tagged to my license yeah and i still have that book by william carlos williams it's on my shelf it has that plastic plastic wrapping on it you know from the library i had a um can we talk about this for a second? The sound, this maybe goes back to my ASMR days, but the sound of when you get checked out at the library of them opening those books with the plastic cover and then them writing with that pen that had the chain. Did anybody else like you get say really ASMR relaxed days by as that if sound? you think cured somehow. It's a very nostalgic, <laughs> lovely sound, but it's not Did you so you Oh, uh, I would just lay my head down Enjoy, on the counter I'm not gonna and lie, it's getting weird. Listen. It's getting the more you're talking about it, the weirder so it's I, getting. I, I um I never returned a. I had a French painting that I hid in a house. I didn't say a French horn. Yeah, <laughs> I have, you have French horn. I, I had a it, rental rented car it from band. Time. Never went back. Never went back. Yeah, I had a sweet uh, rental uh, car, Mustang, uh, 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 yellow convertible. <laughs> Just lost track of it. Don't know where it is, know where and it kind is. of been uh, on the run from that one for a while. So uh, can't go back to the Cincinnati that, airport. That's actually a, a question I have with rental cars. If you get a parking yeah, they ticket. Send it to you. 
Yeah, you absolutely. have to pay oh, yeah. it. I've gotten speeding tickets in a rental car. It, it gets yeah, my husband thinks you, they can't find you, but they can. They It goes I to Hertz too. or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. Hertz is like, oh, yeah, that's the dummy. And then yeah. sends it directly to you. Yeah. I had a dilemma of how mm. to return something because um, I... In high school, it was like probably like I had just gotten like my first job at the Gap and I got my first little paycheck and um, <laughs> I went to the bank and uh, later that day I realized that I still had the canister in my car. <gasps> the thing you like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? How did yeah. you send it? What did you put in the tube? It's a great question. Well, I don't know. I sent something and they sent well, they, me something yeah, back. back you, I don't know. Just, and yeah. then I drove away. Oh, oh, oh yeah. you get the tube, yeah. get the receipt out. You yeah. stick the yeah. tube in your Oops. passenger. <gasps> put in the passenger seat, drive oh, that's away. funny. But then it's like. It, they're gonna know. Like they're gonna. There's no way to just like slip it back in. No, they're de- they're, Shauna, there totally is. There totally is. You go for a transaction, okay? Uh-huh. Like, and this is gonna require two people because you're gonna need to create okay. a diversion. Okay. okay. Sure, sure. So you pull up there and, and and you have it and you're like handy, like a little sleight of hand move. Uh, and then you, 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 you request some transaction, you know, and then you have a friend in the front of the bank, create a diversion, fall down, you know, yeah. uh, do whatever they need to do, yeah. get everyone's attention. Then you just put the second one up there, you know, and yeah. then this ghost one just appears <laughs> yeah. and you're just sitting casually at your driver's wheel. Uh, yeah. You're still like, I I didn't do anything. Like they're just gonna think it was like jammed up or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one just got flushed out, and no one's ever gonna know. One's got one got flushed yeah. out. It happens all the time. They get that thing gets jammed up all the time. <laughs> they're flying around. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how many are stuck up there. Did those vacuum uh, bank things ever strike you as overly complex? Like, man, what a complex solution. Well, how, to, else, how else I are they going like to do that? Well, I don't know, but it kind of feels like, I don't know how many ideas I'd have to burn through. You, you want be- laser propulsion. Before, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> it is pretty elaborate. It You're is. Right. But I, yeah, I remember feeling like we, I just lived in the dawn of a new era. Like, I just thought it was well, amazing. Well, that's what they did in the old-timey uh, skyscrapers. Down in the mailroom in the basement, they would have tubes that would send well, they, stuff up. I've seen Elf. Yeah, they did it in Elf, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're my best friend, buddy. So the baking industry just adopted, you know, technology. Man. It, it does seem like go. just like a single drive-thru would, would, would be yeah. okay, considering the cost of, like, the, the, the vacuum tube system that's <laughs> running all over the parking lot. Some sort of more efficient drive-thru, or even a person who just walks out to the middle kiosk and has its own little kiosk. Like, like yeah, if you calculated the cost, okay, how much does it cost for me to build in a structurally sound <laughs> vacuum contraption? <laughs> you know, like it's got to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I could just pay someone to just walk between the cars and say, hello, thank you, and bring right. it to the window. And they'd probably pay, you know, like I'm with Eddie. It seems yeah, very but it's elaborate. A sa- it's a safety issue. What's not safe about it? What do you mean? Uh, be, because they're because it's a bank. So you've got tons of money. If oh, a person, if an actual, if a, if a little teller window opened up or an actual person came, somebody could oh, hold them up. But it's not hard. You to have just take the tube home with you. So you got kleptomaniacs like Shauna running around stealing <laughs> the 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 containers. You should have like a chain, like the library pen, where you just can't drive away with. Them. I can sell it on your. Yeah, pen. I I didn't think of the uh, drive-by robberies. Yeah, put everybody inside behind the bulletproof glass, and it probably is a safety issue because mm. you, you can't have tellers walking around. I've always said that, and I should have listened to myself. That's a great point. All right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Andrew WK.
You're listening to Andrew WK. The song is Party Hard, as if you didn't know that. Uh, My life, homie. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Building a site on Squarespace is easy. You can create your website with a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You can also add a custom domain to your site for free if you sign up for a year. They have beautiful templates, best-in-class online stores, award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plug-in. And they also have seamless commerce tools. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners around the world. So if you want to start selling you know, rogue uh, podcast merchandise, you could set up a little Squarespace store. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I guess somebody's already selling soap. You can, yeah. I sell washcloths. You know what? So you get you go to Sisterhood Soaps and right. then get Partner your soap, up. and then you go to yeah. eddiewashcloths.com. Because yeah. I'd like to raise awareness about the importance That would be of a good mob cloths. name, Eddie Washcloths. Yeah, Eddie Washcloths. Because he's the cleaner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he cleans up after the hit. <laughs> because Did abrasion I, I really like is that. important. Eddie Washcloths. Right. Hey, it's Eddie, Eddie Washcloths. Abrasive. Hey, he's a little abrasive. A little abrasive. A little abrasive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds better than my idea for the guy who's the cleaner. Who should we call? Let's call the loofah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets all the hard-to-reach spots. It's called novelty sponge. EddieWashcloths.com. Start your free trial site today at Squarespace.com, and when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. You should go do it. Nice of them. Good stuff. Angel WK is known for his unique brand of party rock, uh, but did you know he also has an advice column for The Village Voice and even a radio show on He's the Blaze Network? Interesting man. Incredibly interesting. <laughs> but recently, Andrew WK made headlines for a new venture, launching an alternative political party called, obviously, the Party Party. Right. Jesse talked with Andrew WK this week about political discourse in America, why people are so divided, and if the Party Party is for real. <laughs> Here is part of Jesse's conversation with Andrew WK. How did the idea first come about? Well... Over the years, for whatever strange reasons, uh, people had been encouraging me to somehow get involved in politics. And we even considered at one point trying to run for city hall in, in New York City, in Manhattan. But that was extremely daunting and would have required me to more or less give up everything else that I was doing and didn't want to do that. Um, but I, it was an idea that stayed in the back of my mind and I really appreciated people's enthusiasm and I took it to heart and I took it seriously. And wondered maybe if someday there'd be some way for me to contribute to the political realm. And then uh, I think just sort of some kind of divine timing made it very evident that the time was now. Uh, and I reached out to some friends of mine about launching this party party. I couldn't do it alone. I needed, I wanted to work with someone to produce the video and make sure it was done really high quality uh, to build the website. And most of all, I wanted someone who had the um, the qualifications or the, the the experience with researching the paperwork side, the bureaucracy of actually what it took to launch a new political party. And it's extremely over the top and very daunting. But uh, as of Thursday, as of a week ago, we have started and the response has been completely overwhelming in the best way. It really exceeded all my expectations and the party has begun. 
So, so practically now that you've got uh, a lot of people on board and a lot of support and, and signatures that you needed, will is there a chance that during like the general election we would see the party party on an actual ballot? I mean, that would be absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, it's it's largely out of my power in terms of these decisions, for better or worse, still are made by the U.S. Department of State and the federal government if we're getting all the way up to the presidential level. And I don't know if they would allow something like this to exist. But the beautiful thing about it in terms of the party party, because we don't have a specific political agenda, we get to contribute to the political atmosphere in a non-political way by making it partier, by improving our attitudes so that even if you are already invested behind a particular candidate or in the political process itself, you can still be part of the party party. You don't have to abandon whatever political affiliations you already have. We're here to bring people together to get everyone more engaged in becoming the best country we can be. And that can happen within the political system or outside of it. And in some ways, I think it's even powerful, even more powerful, if we don't have to even participate in the system. We can transcend the system. I saw along those lines, like on the Party Party website, it said part of the vision is to set people, set the American people free from the dysfunction of a two-party system. How do you feel like that party system has polarized the country? Do you think it's pretty? It's been like a negative experience lately politically for a lot of people that are passionate but don't want to be hostile towards people that maybe think differently. It's always interesting to consider who stands to gain the most when the majority of people are at each other's throats. If we as a country are constantly forced to to think us versus them, or red versus blue, or left versus right, or A versus B, whatever it may be, someone is, is benefiting from that dissension, that conflict. And it seems to distract us from the fact that we're all in this together. Uh, we really would benefit from identifying with each other on the things with which we agree first and foremost, and really embracing those, and then going into these particular issues with some sense of shared unity, rather than almost an excitement or a glee about another opportunity to fight. Um, But I don't blame people, and I don't blame myself or anyone. Things have been set up to encourage this, and I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's not all malevolent. Maybe there isn't a sinister power trying to get us to fight, but it reminds me of someone putting like a wasp and a spider in a jar and shaking it up and just uh, enjoying watching these two insects go at it uh, with the insects not realizing who is shaking them up and causing all this trouble and getting totally lost. But at the same time, there, there are a lot of different points, and we're not always going to agree on everything, and, and, and there's a lot of valid reasons for the negativity at times and, and for the, the, the debate and argument. I just don't want us to lose sense of our humanity and certainly not lose sense of the other's humanity um, if we don't agree with them. The party party certainly started like a dialogue about what that can look like. On a practical level, how do you think you can accomplish that to, to make it discourse more civil and optimistic? It takes the individual effort of each person deciding to feel that way. And we can encourage it through something as simple as a party mindset where we celebrate the things that are good rather than focusing on the things that are bad. It doesn't mean we're overlooking the things that are bad. It doesn't mean we're discounting their importance. It means that we're reprioritizing the good things first so that we improve our state of mind. Because as we have seen 
trying to address issues, trying to fix problems, trying to save the world when you're in a bad mood doesn't tend to go very well. Um, and, and again, if you think about it, who wants to go into an ice cream store that only offers, you know, vanilla and chocolate? What about all the other colors? What about all the other flavors? What about all the other, you know, rainbow sherbet? So why does it have to be so limited? Why do we have to make our thinking so binary? It's a natural instinct of the mind to separate and divide, but the heart has its natural in- in- inclination to unify and to pull things together. Have you been contacted by either of the the main political parties? Because I feel like you approaching uh, like even just a debate moderation would change the whole discourse. Has anyone reached out to you? No, I I don't think that. Um, for better or worse, they want to have very much to do with me, <laughs> and I don't really blame them. Yeah. I don't I don't blame them. They have a lot on the line, and as is often the case, when people associate themselves with me, they risk lowering themselves down to my level and I get maybe raised up to their level uh, possibly, but you know, this is, this exists outside of that realm in a way that I think is very, very beneficial for us. We're trying to create an atmosphere uh, more than we're trying to create a certain particular uh, point, you know, within the, within the conversation. And I had talked to people very close in politics, people I've met over the years, primarily doing television stuff on TV news. And many of them were very polite and, and even encouraging, but no one wanted to have anything to do with it because it was, it was too risky for them. And that says a lot right there, just how stiff this whole world has become, um, these institutions. The more institutionalized something becomes, the closer it becomes to death, or the closer it gets to death. And we've got to breathe new life in by reinvigorating the, the atmosphere. If it got to the point where people were were excited enough and, and things moved down the line, where where the party party could actually be on a ballot, w- would it be something where you would come up with particular uh, uh, stances on individual issues, or would you keep it broad and and, and the the overall dialogue, uh, you know, about optimism and coming together to find solutions? Well, that's an amazing idea to ever even consider that it could get to that point. Um, it starts to become a paradox because all of a sudden you wonder if you're getting sucked down into the world that you were trying <laughs> to, you know, remain above or remain uh, removed from. But I guess it just depends on what we all decide to make of this. I mean, this is I invited people to this party uh, a week ago on Thursday, and already the response has just been incredible. But I never had any particular agenda other than to get it started. Now that it's starting and we're coming together, we get to make it up as we go along and decide what we want it to be. And I'm very open and uh, enthusiastic about where we could take it. What's been the most encouraging thing that someone has said to you since this whole thing has kind of picked up steam? Well, just the fact that anyone has cared about it at all has been very, very encouraging and that people have related to it in a way that felt that I could relate to, that they didn't want to tune out. They didn't want to be completely disgusted or disillusioned with the entire process. They wanted to stay engaged, and this was a way to get back into it, uh, not just into politics, but into what it means to be a nation. That has felt great to have someone say that they don't normally talk about politics or even want to think about politics, but the party party has given them some sense of hope. You know, sometimes a, 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 a situation that seems like it's devolved just into complete absurdity requires a radical, absurd response. And 
that radical, absurd response might, in fact, be more sensible yeah. than even the thing it's responding to. Yeah, especially when you're watching some of the debates and just the rhetoric, even among people who are professional politicians, it just seems so unprofessional and ridiculous that something like this is such a great anecdote to that. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's exciting and very intense times. And the one thing I'll say is that uh, people seem more engaged than than I can ever remember, uh, and that might just have to do with my age or my my own personal background. Um, but I find that to be hopeful, and I just hope that we can not only retain our dignity throughout this process, but actually find a deeper sense of humanity and uh, shared purpose throughout the process. I know, I know you were, you you kind of said you're at the stage where it's kind of making it up as it goes along and kind of rolling with what comes next. But if you had the, an ultimate end goal uh, to, to see what the party party could accomplish, what would that look like? Total and complete liberation of the human spirit to provide everyone with the chance to become themselves. And I think that is completely 100% consistent with the original vision of the United States of America, with Western civilization in general, which the United States has seized upon and uh, amplified throughout its you know, sh- short but very intense history so far. This is about each human being having the chance to become the best version of themselves. And nothing should stand in the way of that. And everything that we can do to facilitate that process, we should do. But it's ultimately still something that each of us has to do on our own. Uh, No one can do that work for you. No one can become you for you. Yeah, it's it's almost like the 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 pursuit of happiness idea that that ultimately it's back in our court if it's something that we have to pursue actively. And thank goodness that it is the thing, the one thing that we are responsible for. We wouldn't want to give anyone that much power over us. We wouldn't want to give anyone that responsibility to do it for us, because even if it's hard and painful work, as it is in every case to different varying degrees, part of that hard work and that pain is what makes us actually stronger and makes us grow and makes us become who we are. So we don't want it to be easy either. And anyone who tells us that they're going to make it easier for us, we have to be very suspicious of. Now, uh, Andrew, if, if people are wanting more information or they want to get involved or just kind of want to see what's next, or even if they're just disillusioned and kind of want to be encouraged, what would you tell them to do? To check out the website or is there is there, is there events that they can go to to get more involved with the party party? Well, again, this is all just starting. So we've been talking about doing events. I've been talking about doing a whole tour uh, around this, and it's all up in the air. So the best thing I would like, I would like your ideas. I would like your suggestions. I would like you to tell me what you want it to be. Go to the website, sign up, go to my Twitter, go to my Facebook, any way you can reach out, talk to me in person. I've been doing I've been doing events just that were already scheduled over these last few days, including a, a pizza summit where I was the <laughs> keynote speaker uh, in Chicago. And I, that, that was the number one topic was people talking about the party party, what we could do and how we could bring it about. And, and in the meantime, as we are figuring out the formal execution of this this plan, just continue to party, continue to focus on what you have in common with as many people as you can and continue to be strong and and 
don't lose, uh, don't lose your sense of optimism. And especially when people scoff and roll their eyes when they hear the word positivity, that is all the more reason to cling to that belief and to lead f- with that belief, to keep that front and center, even when it's very, very hard. Because sometimes it's strange that thinking positively is extremely painful. It's very challenging. It's, it's, it's harder than just about any other mode of thought. But we deserve to think from that place. That's that's us reaching and striving towards our best. Don't give up uh, and, and to never abandon those ideals. That was Andrew WK. Uh, if you want to go check it out, there's a really interesting clip on YouTube uh, where, where he talks about the heart behind the party party and the idea. And you can also check out partyparty.us. Listening to Highs, the song is Gold Teeth, which is what you would have if you don't brush very often. Because it get kind of. I mean, gold as much as it would be kind of. Uh, just tan. <laughs> tan <laughs> taupe, teeth. Taupe teeth. Taupe teeth. Well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, okay, so last week, on last week's show, uh, Joey brought the slice about the nine year old reporter who's solving crimes in her small town. And uh, it got us thinking about our own podcast, Crack Investigative Reporter, Miss Joy Egridge-Reed. Uh, and we wanted to send her out on assignment uh, to solve a mystery, an actual mystery, just like the nine-year-old does. And also, you know, the Hardy Boys and Encyclopedia Brown. Nancy Drew. And Nancy Drew. And Angela Lansbury. <laughs> all the others, just like Angela Lansbury. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, th- what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of your suggestions. We're going to pick one. And then she's going to go out, and uh, hopefully we can get it solved by next week's show. But she's going to go out and and, uh, and actually try and solve one of these mysteries. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and uh, posted some suggestions there. You also hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, Brad, I think uh, uh, Brad McConnell gave a good one. How being constantly interrupted affects one's ability to accurately assess life-threatening Craigslist situations. I thought that was just a nice practical (laughs) study that she could do on herself. Um, I'll have an answer for you in 15 minutes. (laughs) There's uh, our our sweet friend, Amber Lynn. Uh, Amber... And, and Berlin. Amber. I thought they broke up. No. Amber. Are they still making music? <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> and, and Berlin wants to know if Anne Berlin's still making music. <laughs> and the answer no is, one at the bank can figure it out. They're no. all looking to each other. I yeah. don't know. Are you? Are you? <laughs> I, I haven't written anything. Did you? Amber. Lynn said, there's a guy in Portland who plays a set of bagpipes that shoot flames while he's dressed as Darth Vader riding a unicycle. Wow. He rides that around Port- Portland. Oh, yeah. Probably nobody notices him in Portland, <laughs> but it oh, seems no, like know. something you can investigate and figure out, like, what's the motivation? What uh, what drives you? How do so you get he, there? 
Yeah, so I saw a picture of this guy. He yeah. rides a unicycle playing flaming bagpipes wearing a dark Vader mask in your own city. That seems like a solvable mystery. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I need to do first is learn how to ride a unicycle so I can just kind of ride up alongside yeah, him shoulder to shoulder and yeah. just have a natural maybe conversation. Maybe you grew up as like Leia or something. <laughs> you got your hair in little buns, you got like a white muumuu on, and you just kind of come up and you're like, uh, hey, hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Gilbert Garza uh, said, uh, a where are they now segment, a special re report on the Ikea monkey. Uh, 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 several people wrote in and said, uh, mm -hmm. clearly she needs to solve the mystery of why that baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I loved that. I, loved I, that. <laughs> I would love for you to just go to, go to Walmart at midnight and go ask families why they have their babies with them. Not, would, not judgmentally, not unkind, no. but just a real like, hey, can I ask you yeah. a quick question? Why is your baby awake? <laughs> Uh, maybe not because yeah. babies, babies may not be sleeping through the night yet, but maybe like if they have that, like a two year old, you know, it's right. like, yeah, clearly yeah. this, this child should be in bed and not at the movies. He needs to have a solid I, sleep Actually, schedule. I want to know why yeah. the baby, um, yeah. uh, Mark Morris wrote in and said, uh, Joy, please work out how Casper gets their mattresses in tiny boxes. And also what else are they potentially shrinking? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to, you know what? I don't know for sure, but I'm going to give a guess because I learned something fascinating this year when I was, my friend was helping me. I bought like a vintage, um, like leather chair. And so the cushion of the chair, I wanted to, um, recover in Pendleton fabric. Obviously. So inside of the, um, the seat cushion is like that real, it's foam, like the bed, like the Casper beds. And you know how foam, like if you're trying to put it into a tight space, it really like rubs up against the I mean, it's just hard. Yeah, foam doesn't. Yeah, right? foam you guys with me? Play. Do you know? What? Yeah, yeah. So she valid question. How do you get that? Okay, foam uh, in the box? Casper mattresses are not hard. Just FYI. No, they're really soft. Yeah. And I think they use a machine. I don't want to wreck your punchline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A pretty cool machine. No, but it, no, this is this is a machine. So I'm thinking, how are we going to? Because we've now like stitched this fabric, like kind of bootleg. It could stretch if we really tried to force the the foam in there. She goes, oh no no no, this is what you do. She puts the foam in a garbage Whoa, bag. Suck the air. And then, she, yeah, and then yeah, oh, got course. a vacuum, sucked the air out of it, and then with the garbage bag, it just slid right into the thing. And then she kind of ripped at the garbage bag and pulled it out, and it was yeah. bada boom, bada bang. That's, a, that's in a really there. hot tip. Haven't you seen like all the space saving bag infomercials and yeah. stuff, where you just like put your winter clothes in a plastic bag and you suck the air out of it and slide it under your bed? Joy. Good life hack. Yeah, but this was a different. This was getting something into a smaller space. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So. Come on, it was it was, I it was interesting. Yeah. Hot tip. Thank you, uh, Eddie. I, well, thank not you. like thank you, interesting. It was like pretty interesting. It's like it was like all right. Well, that Great. was that was worth our time. Cameron, do you want to apologize? No, I'm to good. Me for hey, so I'll just send you a here's gift a frappy card. card. Yeah, here's a gift oh. card. Uh, yeah. Do we have any in those that that you want to tackle? I think well, well, we, I think you got very it. achievable. Okay. Shane Hoffman says, "How many licks does it truly take?" to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. You could do that this afternoon. Well, it might on. take a while. She would do it, but then she would have to do it scientifically and go have many, many other people do it. And, to, to like, and, for tone and, yeah, consistency? Yeah, and for No, no, no Cameron, my type of investigative journalism is to not compare and contrast and do any type of, you know, real scientific research. It's what I find One-on-one. -on -one. No, okay, I'm just trying is. to think of the audio segment that will appear on the show and what we're doing. If you're not interviewing anybody, you're just licking a lollipop that doesn't make for good audio. 
Mm. Yeah. That's it's it's going to be, worst. Well, yeah. All of our <laughs> listeners with ASMR are just listening to her lick a lollipop and just, <laughs> yeah. just falling and asleep. And just being yeah. lulled to sleep. I'll tell you I mean, that. Um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of start dabbling in some of the ones we've discussed and see which ones. Uh, so, so, so you're going to, you're going to tackle a couple and, and see, see, see which ones you actually have yeah. leads on. Journal about it. Have a quiet time. See yeah. what comes up. Let the spirit lead. But no, I am I am also going to investigate because I really was legitimately scared of the corner of my yard. I'm going to take some pictures so you guys know that I'm not making it up. And I, I might get some confidence and dig deeper to cool. see what's there. So Yeah. Well, this is hard-hitting journalism, and I'm glad that we get a front row seat to it. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that'll do it for last week's Course of the Week. I guess we have to – it's a cliffhanger. We we'll, we'll, we'll have out. to wait for the segment to air to find out what you ultimately chose. It's in true true Nancy Drew Hardy Boy fashion. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Obviously, we're in political season, and you know, having Andrew WK on the show today, you know, is a pivotal moment in the future. We've we have waded into the waters discourse. Of yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it seems to me that the party party is wet cement. I mean, it's it's there's momentum, and there's it's like the years ago the Tea Party. It's just like a grassroots thing, you know. So hey, I say we speak into it. Uh, I think for the question of the week, we want to know from you guys, what should the platform planks be for the party party? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's flesh this thing out. What are the pivotal issues that we're going to stand for with the party party? And I also think, you know, if people have uh, other politicians that are maybe a little under the radar, like Joy that I mentioned... Um, I think people should throw out some names to be included in Jesse's debate yeah, that he's going to host. One of those folks might end up being a, another viable second the party candidate. party candidate. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, he didn't yeah. announce a running mate yet. Yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah. and I would I will say this. You know, they're not people. You know, uh, uh, Anderson Cooper and uh, uh, you know whatever the people that are moderating these debates. I'm not throwing shade. Look, they're doing their thing. <laughs> they're not asking the questions we care. Yeah. About. You know, I do not. Every they, they, the every, stuff, stuff that they can dance around. I don't care right. you know I, I want i want real questions give me some candidates because if if some of these candidates would be willing for me to moderate a debate which i have a feeling uh some of them definitely would maybe we could do a very special episode or something uh but you know in terms of policies i'm interested in this one's controversial but i'm ready for this i'm ready for the end of building codes and car inspections because <laughs> if i want to modify my structure or my car i don't need uncle sam telling me what's cool and what isn't <laughs> This is American. Are you people. talking? Are you talking about privately owned, not public buildings? Because that's privately the, owned. Privately, if, if the deed your says home. my name, yeah. <laughs> then I do what I want here. Huh? You know, I, I, don't, need, I don't need. I don't need an inspector or some libertarian a fire to that. You, well, but more than that, you probably want your own mini government in your quarter acre, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's I'm not, not just saying, like you can't have eminent domain. No, it's no, more I'm like not saying lawless. Maritime I'm just law. saying if I want to turn my tree, my my home into a gigantic treehouse, I don't need I don't need someone from the city telling me what code violations I'm in violation of. No, no, thanks, man. Like I said, I I'm tired of getting my car inspected. If I want to do something cool and Mad Max that thing out i don't need the government telling me i can't i own the vehicle you know i just think there's too much worry about safety in this country i feel like we found a running mate all right yeah super crazy dude basically my debate moderation will only be about this issue yeah Yeah. you're just going to be espousing your own things and then just like what do you think of that that's how you moderate uh, tell us about uh gender equality 
you know what? We'll get back to that. Here's the thing. We're going to circle back on that, but have you thought about this? Can you ride? Yeah. Can, can I make a car with like a cool fifth wheel and legally drive it on the highway? <laughs> Why not? No one's thinking about this, Why man. Uh, what do you so think about lasers? to add to the party party. That's what we want to know. Uh, and, and then if you have some suggestions for uh, presidential candidates to add to the debate that Je- yeah. Jesse might host, uh, yeah. you can hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can post your... Uh, suggestions there, or you can hit, hit us on Twitter at Roland Podcast, and we will read our favorites next week. Can I throw another hot take out there? Yeah, what's that? We we got the tube technology down, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Those banks have been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah. You know? And old timey skyscrapers. <laughs> and I got and and I don't. I'm not going to step on any toes here because I got nothing against the postal service. But I'm seeing some redundancy here. Mm. I don't know how much it costs to get them out in the streets every day, but if every mailbox had a tube coming off of it, then we could just shoot it off to the main mail place. No big that's deal. saving a lot of time, and it's super cool to have right in your driveway. You can have Maybe real I can time. connect tubes around the city for different things. People aren't thinking the big picture Yeah, here. yeah, Amazon wouldn't have to be building all these flying robots to deliver stuff. Just yeah. stick it in the tube. No big deal. Last time I checked, I don't need drones. We've had we've had tube technology. I use it all the time. We have Joy's uh, uh, scientific way to shrink stuff and stick it in a tube, you know? I don't even need a vacuum yeah, cleaner. I would just bags. run a hose out to my mailbox and vacuum up my house and just let it be sucked out to the postal place. <laughs> Next story. No, that's it. It's like a trash chute, too. Just tubes. My whole platform is tubes. They will change everything. Tubes here and tubes there. Tubes all over the place. <laughs> Mr. Trump, I'd like to ask you a question about tubes. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically of the vacuum variety. <laughs> I would love for you to go to a real press conference. <laughs> Senator Sanders. Senator Sanders. Senator, yeah. Jesse Carey, Relevant Podcast. Uh, question. I would love to set up tubes all around America so that we could easily vacuum things to each other. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, sir? I want to make America great again. I think tubes is the solution. Your thoughts, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to the show sponsors. Remember to uh, head over to audible.com and check out Emma Thompson's uh, narrating uh, The Turn of the Screw. And uh, you can get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash relevant. You should go do that. And thanks to, also to squarespace.com. Remember, when you sign up for Squarespace, you'll get 10% off your first purchase when you, you use the offer code relevant at squarespace.com. Uh, I, so, sorry, before we go, I got one more benefit of tubes. Yeah. You, you, you know what's a real bummer? Paying taxes. Everyone hates it. It's a whole hassle. We <laughs> talked about it last week. You got to go to a special place to get a pro to do it because it's so complicated with a threat of jail. You know what's super fun? Putting stuff in tubes and <laughs> instead of paying taxes, you just shove money in the tube and they tell you when to stop. <laughs> I'd love to hear Emma Thompson's thought on thoughts on tubes. Anyway, the benefits. The more you talk about tubes, the more they make sense. <laughs> We're really a full do. tubal society. Forget email. This is like a fast way to get letters. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget email and tweeting. You don't have stamps anymore. I write you a letter, Joy. Yeah. I drop it in the in the relevant tube and say, on your way. Yeah, you know what? Can't get hacked, tubes. Yeah, when I have a thought for a tweet, I'm going to write you a 160-character note and put there it in the tube. No, no more DMs. Listen, if Hillary Clinton had access to this tube thing, she wouldn't be in all this email trouble. It's, it's true. a solution <laughs> that works top to bottom. No, she would have gone off-grid and built her own tube. Hey, tubes, yeah, yeah, she would have had her tube in her ba- Jesse, and a legal Jesse, tube. Jesse, here's, here's the tagline. Here's the tagline for your tube company. 
you can't track the tube. Nailed. There you go. Hillary Hillary would invest in yeah. a second. It's a million it, it, dollar the, idea. Like I said, there there are too many benefits to keep talking. It's a whole separate tube podcast that I'll be launching soon. Very soon. Tubecast. Yeah. The, I think I think, it's, uh, Justin, I think it's called YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> tube talk. You're listening to Tube Talk, where we talk about tubes and the things that tubes can do for you. So I have one question that I just want a real clear answer to. Is a singular tube for both sending and receiving, or do you have an outbound and an inbound tube? You know, there's some stuff I'm going to let the tube engineers figure out. I'm I'm an ideas guy, Eddie, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but I I wouldn't be surprised if there are such things as two-way tubes. That's probably another whole episode of the podcast. I mean, that's what banks use. The banks are two-way. Yeah, but they have to reverse the fan, don't they? I mean, uh, the uh, suction. The yeah. suck, ha- it has it, to go it, from it, suck to blow. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's when you put, when you close the thing, that's when it sends it back. Yeah, but that's because something in the bank side is sucking the, on it. Yeah, the bank side right. sucked it back, and uh, they blew it over to you. Like gotcha. I said, guys, you, you're, you're ruining Tube Talk, uh, the podcast. This is uh, this is episode three, is is suck and blow. Yeah. So, so. Je- Jesse, this is a an individual-based freedom party. Uh, it, since YouTube.com was already taken, I assume you're buying YouTube.us. <laughs> Yeah, YouTube.us, yeah. or I don't know if .tube is available. Just go with the .biz. Slash .tube yeah. would be the best site for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can check us out at tube.tube. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about tubes. <laughs> oh, man. I would love that. I'm going to see. Can I just see? Because they opened up, like, the domains or whatever. There might be a .tube. I don't know. You oh, can gosh. open up. There's, like, a kid's game where they, like, drag little things into the tube and send it to Grandma. <laughs> and stuff like that. They receive things from the tube. That's a great idea, Jess. I, I can't wait for tube.tube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to Andrew WK for joining us. If you want to find out more about uh, the Party Party, you can check out partyparty.us. Uh, hey, head over to relevantmagazine.com and it's a good time to subscribe to the magazine. Right now we're doing a six for six sale. You can uh, get six months of the magazine for only $6 and that gives you uh, access to the full magazine archives at uh, the website. It also gives you instant access to the iPad and tablet edition and also the print magazine as well. Uh, and our new issue About is shipping now. Yep. And on the cover is actor Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fantastic issue. And if you subscribe now at com, you will get it. I'm going to see that movie tomorrow night. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yep. we will. Uh, we'll talk more about the magazine uh, probably next week or yep. the week after. Yeah, there's some awesome tube stuff in it. This Lots week. of tube. Lots of tube talk. There's actually tube. <laughs> it, it was between the the cover was between yeah. you and Gregory. Yeah, T of relevant starts a tube <laughs> and then it goes all the way through to the back of it, and that's what's cool about it. It's the tube issue. We're saving yeah. it for the tube issue, which is midsummer. It's uh, it's about four times the length of a typical issue because there's a lot of tube. You're talking. looking yeah. for a yeah, you know what? It rolls yeah. up really nicely and for tube size magazines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's going to help the magazine yeah, yeah, industry greatly. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, because it'll personally benefit me, just like Hillary Clinton personally benefits uh, Wall Street and the big financial institutions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to advocate for the Jesse huh. Carey tube dot tube party. Yeah, because uh, it personally will benefit. Magazine publishers, America, and, and let me say this: a, a lot of people are yeah. concerned about this. Uh, what you know, with all the talk of the big banks and big money, I'm not involved in Big Tube <laughs> at all. Like they've reached out to me, yeah. Big Tube. Yeah. This is an independent venture. I'm, I cannot be bought and sold with any yeah. sort of cool tube. The Exxon so Mobil Tubes know. are a full entity unto themselves. They don't do what we need them to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not dabbling in in right. Big Tube. You know, they they don't You're, have their claws tube, in Tubes me. of the people. Yeah, yeah, Go to exactly. Gra- yeah, grasstubes.tubes.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of where the 
where the tube meets the road. I don't think that works, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't meet the road because yeah. it goes We don't even talk sky. about tubes wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about sky tubes? I thought we were talking about underground tubes. We're thinking future, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm open to underwater yeah. tubes. All space kinds of tubes. tubes. Space tubes. Obviously. Who knows? I, I assumed that was phase one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm talking like, we're not even need like air travel. You're, it's pod tubes. You just hop in That's your what tube. That's the Jetsons pod. have. I'm just going to say this. There's already a vacuum in space. The jet- if you just made a tube that made it all the way to space, anything, would, anything you put in there would get sucked up in there. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many possibilities with tubes that people For aren't real. even thinking about. And that's what's scary. That makes me think that's what someone's being paid because to Because the Jetsons gave us a glimpse of the tube future. Yeah. The Their elevators. Exactly. It's a combo of what we talked about earlier with the lasers. I mean, your care package from your grandma is going to come via laser tube. It'll take 20 years, yeah, but, not but now, you will get it. Because we've changed the technology. Is laser plus tube. I mean, <laughs> that's twice as fast. It's almost twice as fast. Yeah. A little less, but yeah. really close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang. I'd like to yield my time to more tube talk. <laughs> I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Joy Agrich. Reed. I'm Jesse Carey. Make tubes make yeah. America great again. <laughs> Dap tube forward slash 2016. For Sean and uh, We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the relevant podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You're listening to Tube Talk, where we talk about tubes and the things that tubes can do for you.